Next on BYU Sports Nation, let's get real. Outside of a Power 5 conference invite, what option would you choose for the future of BYU football? BYU's best offensive player from last season, Matt Bushman, joins us. What he and Moses have in common. Plus, NCAA champion and Olympian Ed Eyestone, the backstory behind the headshot of the year, and the most impressive scoring play in the history of BYU. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. We are live, BYU Sports Nation, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, April 4th, wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the real Hair Jordan, Jerem Jordan. I don't even know what to think about that. Do you own a pair of Hair Jordans? Hair Jordan? I don't even know. What is that? That is the shoe that Michael Jordan wore in Space Jam. Oh, nice. No. With the Bugs Bunny tie. Uh, Thus, Hair Jordan. Hair Jordan. Yeah, Yeah, I don't own any of those. (laughs) Do you own a pair of Hair Jordans? I do own a pair, yes. Oh, wow. As of last year. Thanks to uh, the Nike employee store. Yep. Yeah, there you go. But your hair was put on the line on BYU Sports Nation, thus the reference to Hair Jordan. Oh, yeah, that's me. There you go, man. Let's go. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. As we approach year number eight of BYU football independence, like the sands of the hourglass. Conference realignment discussion is back on the table. It is? Not really. But Craig Thompson wanted it to be there. To recap recent context, BYU is not going back to the Mountain West in the foreseeable future. BYU awaits a Power 5 invite, and it would seem their best chance to get a foot in the door is when television rights for college football games in the Power Conferences are renegotiated between 2023 and 2024. A realignment shift is expected. How big it will be, who knows? Will it include BYU? We hope. Right now, BYU averages eight wins a season as an independent, Jerem, but have not finished ranked in the final AP poll since their group of five days in 2009, all prompting the following question. If a Power 5 invite is not in BYU's future, would you choose to remain independent or return to a group of five conference? This depends on what you value the most. And what BYU values the most right now is being on ESPN and the money that comes with that and the schedule, okay? I feel like BYU football values that more than the product on the field, frankly. Because if you value the competition the most, you'd go back to a group of five. Because you have a chance to make a New Year's Six. Should be, you'd be the highest-ranked group of six, Sorry, group of five team. You have a conference championship. You have context. You have most of your schedule laid out already, eight or nine games, depending on which conference you plan. I'm not saying going go back to the Mountain West per se, but I'm not totally against that. I know the relationship with Craig Thompson, the Mountain West, BYU, and whatnot. It isn't – I wouldn't say it's uh, the worst, but it's not the best, right? Like, it would need to be mended for that to eventually happen. Who knows if that happens? But I would welcome the possibility – of going back to a group of five conference because I value the product on the field and the court more than anything else. If a Power Five invite is not in BYU's foreseeable future, 
And that's what we hope happens, right? Absolutely. Yeah. If it's not, I would form a new group of five conference because I cannot do that. Like you need a you need other people to bounce, right? BYU has been on the forefront of such endeavors before, going from the WAC to the Mountain West. So who are you seeing in this new group of five? That's hard to say because I feel like there will be some teams that we have have no idea about available after a major shift. So you think maybe be some teams from some Power Five conferences that are on the outside looking in, and then you can begin to formulate what you want to do to create the next best thing. It would be a Group of Five conference, but with the best group of teams available. Right? Are you suggesting that the Big Twelve dissolves? Because, like, who, who gets kicked out of a Power 5 conference? I feel like there will be four super conferences. Yeah. At 16 teams each. 64 right? teams overall, and there will be a dissolve of some major conference. Right now, the Big 12 is the conference that seems most likely to do that because they have the most instability, right? I don't know how the numbers total, like, if there will need to be teams added to that number or not like are there more than 16 times 4 64 are there more than 64 power 5 teams right now i don't know the answer there are 65 power so 5 there's teams, enough including notre dame right now okay so there's enough so you're saying there's no room should everyone stay but you're suggesting that people will fall out so then people would get invited and maybe there are not 16 team power conferences but they have a dissolve anyway and so there are four 14-team yeah. power yeah. conferences. I don't know. Yeah. You've gone off the board a bit here, which is an interesting one. But who? <laughs> I think BYU staying indie. What I think – this is – I said what I want. What I think will happen is BYU stays indie until a better situation than they have now. Right. There. I think that independence isn't BYU's best competitive – Possibility. Okay. I think being in a group of five is a better situation for BYU on the field. Just for fun. Right now. Right now. Just for fun. Why play this tough schedule? What good has it done? Let's say that Baylor and Iowa State and Texas Tech are on the outside looking in, and they're floating, and they're available. Why not try and team up with them and form the next best conference? So are you picking from the Mountain West? Like, there's just a lot, sure, of, there's yeah. a lot of variables just here. Just float it out there and say, let's form the next best thing. Let's do it. If, those, if that situation arises, why not? And if it doesn't arise and the American comes calling, hey, consider it, right? In, in football only. Consider it. Yeah. Consider it. Last season, Matt Bushman led the way offensively for the Cougars. He was the lone bright spot in an otherwise dark season. So this year, hopefully there are more playmakers on offense. So, Spencer, which non-quarterback skill position player will have the greatest impact on the upcoming season? Good grief. This is an impossible question to answer. And I'm going to Yet we're going to lead with this statement. Jeff Grimes says that of the skill positions, not one player has emerged in any of those groups as a guy that he wants to do it all. There are guys with specific strengths. That good or bad? Exactly. I think it's bad. I don't know. Okay, he's saying there isn't a clear leader in each well, of these skill position groups. You know, you want great players to emerge. So how do I answer that question if the offensive coordinator, who I put a lot of trust in, and I, I believe what he says because I think he's a straightforward, straight shooter type of guy, when he says there's not a clear leader, uh, my best but guess, there will be. We're talking about now. My best guess is it will be a running back. Based on what Jeff Grimes comes from as a backdrop, 
offensive line coach, and he has been at schools that have like successfully placed running backs at the next level and have emphasized utilizing the running back. So I think it will be a BYU running back, either Zach Katoa or Squally Canada, based on the mentors that he has worked with and from what I'm hearing about the BYU offense. They want to utilize the swing pass a lot more. And we keep hearing about Zach Katoa and Squally Canada has the most experience returning at that position. So that's my best guess. I'm thinking it's Matt Bushman again, just because I don't know what Moroni Laulaputitao is going to do. I don't know what unsaid transfer from uh, a family that's been here a bunch is going to do. Even though Matt Bushman Micah has Simon. to put his his hand in the ground more this year? Yeah. why? Like, if BYU doesn't use Matt Bushman in a similar or more explosive way than last year, that's a you're not taking advantage of the talent. Like, he's obviously a good player. Hey, freshman All-American, let's not use you. Like, why wouldn't you do that? But I... Yeah, I think it's going to be a pass catcher of some kind. BYU needs to be more explosive down the field, needs to open up the run game, needs to, yes. Is it going to be MLP? Is it going to be Micah Simon? Is it going to be Gunnar Romney as a freshman? I don't know. But I, I think if I have to pick today, and it's April 4th, it's crazy early. Is Matt it Bush. unnamed player off the radar? That's what makes this offseason compelling. Uh, yeah, do you go Matt Bushman or the field? With the Masters, do you go Tiger or the field? <laughs> I go the field hard. In the words of the great Don Henley, former drummer for the iconic band The Eagles, and his solo career hit, The Boys of Summer, and I quote, Don't look back. You can never look back. Jerem, the BYU football coaches led by Jeff Grimes have inherited that mentality following the worst season in almost 50 years. Steve Clark, the tight ends coach, in yesterday's two-on-one spoke to just that. You know, Coach Grimes has said, you know, we're not talking about last year. We're not talking about what players did last year. We're not talking about what coaches did last year. We're moving forward, and it's a clean slate. And I think it's helped a lot of players. Jeremy, in this case, is it best for BYU to not look back? Probably, right? For all the reasons that Steve Clark just outlined. Last season stunk 4-9, worst record in 50 years. The offense was terrible. That was pathetic. So, yes, probably. If I'm the coaching staff, yeah, I'm – I'm burning the footage. I'm deleting memories of the season. It went, That offensive staff was different, right? So they don't have to be like, what did we do? It wasn't we. We didn't do this last year. So I, I don't know, though. Like, you want to be fair to the players and give them a shot, but it'd also be unfair to not take into account what happened, right? So, like, um, you, you have some friends, they have a history of certain activity. Like, if you ignore that activity, maybe you're a little naive. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they may have some questionable stuff. Like, maybe we ought to just be careful in our uh, this situation. I, I think you need to evaluate all of it in a positive way, obviously. They're trying to move forward. But guess what? You have to – don't look back. Like, are you going to be Lot's wife and turn into a pillar of salt if you look at the 4-9 season? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The don't-look-back ideology is particularly potent and relevant this year. It helps all involved. That said, Nick Saban has the same mentality, and he's coming off of a national championship year at Alabama. I don't care what happened in the past. It's about now. So it's kind of a sport-wide thing. It's part of the coach rhetoric, whether you have a bad season 
or in Nick Saban's case, a good season. Uh, I disagree on the good season. You should look back. You should celebrate. You should remember. But coaches will always say, like coaches at well, the top level say that. Well, good for them. Let's ignore the 1984 my point National is, Championship. My point no, is. No, let's celebrate it. Look back. Look on it fondly. Great memories. That's why you take photos. I'm not talking, look about, back. As, I'm not talking about his fans. The question is, is this good for BYU? If BYU had a great season. Yeah, yes, coaches, it's good because they sucked last year. The coaches would be saying the same thing. Doesn't matter what happened last year. We were twelve and one. Great. Doesn't matter. No, they would say let's continue to build off that. That was good. I they wouldn't say let's ignore it. No, I disagree. After nine and four, with you Taysom can't control Jamal, the past. They didn't say ignore last year. They said nine wins. We want to keep that going. Let's get better. Let's improve. Ty Detmer said not the rhetoric. It's not about Taysom and Jamal. It's about what we have now. Yeah, when they're gone. Listen, when the past is inconvenient, yes, you ignore it. When is what when in college positive, football? You go, Man, that was great. Let's keep that going. I understand for a who fan, ignores a positive for, pass? for a fan they don't, but as a coach, you typically do. Good for the coaches. That's the question. I'm not living a coach's life. The majority of this audience that's, is not living that life. That's the question, though. You know what? Who cares about Danny Ainge? <laughs> who cares about John Beck? Who cares about those guys? Let's move forward. No. Let's remember it fondly and cherish it, and it's awesome. I agree as a fan. Not as a coach. I'm not a coach. I don't care how they think. It was about the coaches. Last night, the Utes beat the Cougars 4-3 in baseball in Salt Lake City to tie up the season series at 1. Meanwhile, the Cougars are 14-13, and 3-6 in the West Coast Conference. Spencer, does the loss to Utah matter? It's really annoying, and it irks the BYU coaches because they want to use domination in the state and their recruiting pitch to local baseball stars. But ultimately, it's not that big of a deal. The bigger deal what? is BYU trying to get back in the West Coast Conference race with a series against Santa Clara. You want context? We're talking about conferences today. BYU's in the West Coast Conference. In a group of five. They don't play Utah in conference. They play them out of conference. You're right. It's a group of like 20 in hoops. My it's bad. the West Coast Conference race. Listen. That's it, what it's about. Does it matter? Yes. It's annoying. Beating and losing to Utah always matters. But it doesn't matter as much as winning the Santa Clara series. BYU's in a – they have an issue right now. They're one, they're one game off of fourth, but they're also tied for last place in the West Coast Conference. To make the West Coast Conference tournament, you have to be top four. BYU's got 18 games left, nine at home, nine on the road. BYU's got to take care of business in baseball. Because if they don't make the West Coast Conference tournament – that's a bad season. That's not a good season. You could argue quality season. If you make that tourney, you compete. Like, that's good. If you're one of the top four in conference, that's, for BYU baseball, that's a quality season. season. You've had a solid season. You've had season. one NCAA regional in like 18 years, 19 years. Like, the, the, the standard isn't make the regional. The standard is get to the conference tournament and see what happens. And, in and a, last year in was quality, this amazing run. In a quality baseball conference. The West Coast Conference is a good it's baseball good. conference. Yeah, it's a good conference. Yeah, absolutely. World superstar and one of the two best soccer players on the planet currently, Cristiano Ronaldo delivered one of his most celebrated and eye-popping highlights in oh his heralded goodness. career early this week. A bicycle kick goal that was so impressive, it had fans of heated rival Juventus giving him a standing ovation. Not his home crowd. Let's put this in a BYU context. What is the most impressive scoring play in the history of BYU athletics? The, the, this is no que- This is the easiest question we've ever asked on the show. It's Jim McMahon to Clay Brown, Holiday Bowl, nineteen eighty, down twenty one with four and a half minutes left, December nineteenth. 
Jim McMahon to Clay Brown. This is an incredible play, not just by itself, but in which it comes. You beat a ranked team for BYU's first bowl win in miraculous fashion. Incredible comeback. Jim McMahon, this is one of the greatest plays, not just in BYU history, in college football history. This is the number one scoring. This is the number one play in any sport, let alone scoring play in BYU history. BYU scored 21 points <laughs> in the final four minutes, trailing 45 to 20. You're down 20, and you score 21 in the final four minutes, culminated Incredible. by the 50-yard Hail Mary pass, technically 41, but he threw it 50 yards to Clay Brown to win. I mean, that, that was amazing. If there's a runner-up here, it's Danny Ainge yes. going coast-to-coast. Consensus number two. Against Absolutely. Notre Dame. Yes. In the Elite Eight of the 1981 NCAA basketball tournament to beat Notre Dame and send BYU to the round that they have not visited again. Now, what's amazing about these two plays, as you pointed out this morning, Jerem, they were only 90 days apart. 90 days Jim McMahon apart. happened December of 1980, and then Ainge does this in March of 81. Now, if this was 2018, the clock would have stopped, and uh, Notre Dame would have had the ball with two seconds left, by the way. I just noticed that in that play. Man. <laughs> Other runner-up, Beck to Harleen, Kevin Nixon's 55-foot buzzer beater. Tanner Mangum. Tanner Mangum, Nebraska. Nebraska. Like, those are all great plays. But, sorry, when you're in the Sweet 16 and you win basically the buzzer with Danny Ainge? Ah, uh, yeah. That's Check. An incredible play. Check. Our question of the day. If BYU does not get into a Power 5 conference, would you rather remain independent or return to a group of five conference and why? First response in from at CL underscore living. Independent. The world is our campus. At some point, nice local sign. fans everywhere get a chance to see an away game. Is that what it's about or is it about winning? Like, are we here to win games or are we here to be on TV? What, like, what's the answer to that? Coming up, what's the chance I accept Elijah Bryant's ice bath challenge? I don't know. You tell me. Matt Bushman apparently has something in common with Moses. He'll tell us next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Baseball is back on BYU TV and BYU Radio Thursday night at 8 Eastern as the Cougars host Santa Clara in a crucial West Coast Conference game. Catch it Thursday night. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation always rolling on social media. Follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter and Instagram. Use the hashtag BYUSN when you want to converse with us. I'm fired up about this today. I'm tired of valuing things besides winning. I really am. Like, the, the church got rid of road shows several years ago. Is BYU football the road show? Like, oh, well, let's go to you. All this is great. Listen, I love being on ESPN. I really like playing a quality schedule, but I think it's too hard. But I want to win the most. Like, I don't value anything above winning for BYU football. So when, when that priority is, is different, I really disagree with that idea. <laughs> Why would you value something over winning? I'm not talking about like, like, listen, you want to win and you want to, you want to be BYU. You want to have an honor code. You want to do things the right way. Serve. That is all amazing, right? I want to win and not be terrible people. I want to win and play a challenging schedule, but not too challenging. I want to win conference championships. There's no conference. Like you want everything your way. It's not too much to ask. To win. <laughs> this isn't my way. This is the BYU way I of, of, I of your. I kid. 
Like yes. what? I'm not. I don't think that BYU can be what they were in the '80s again. I just want to touch that, that like that touchstone every now and then, like '06 and '09, and what like those were fun. If BYU does not get into a Power Five conference, would you, BYU Sports Nation, rather remain independent or return to a Group of Five conference? Tell us why. At Trent Reed, I want BYU to remain independent, but find some way to make things happen to make it better. Amen. Get Notre Dame to play us. Get USC to go independent. Get a late-season schedule deal with the Big 12. I don't care what it is, but within the confines of an independent, make the most of it. Now, okay. that doesn't necessarily strike with you or strike a chord with you because that, that would mean a tougher schedule. I don't want a tougher schedule. I want, a, I want a little bit easier. Take a take away like a game and a half of Power 5, tough, road. Like Make it 8 to 10 games winnable. Well, it helps when you have great players like Matt Bushman. Freshman All-American, back for his sophomore season, but now learning and handling a new offense implemented by the new offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes. We touch on that. BYU football all-access two-on-one with the freshman All-American tight end, Matt Bushman. Matt, earlier we were asking, what have we learned about BYU spring football up to this point? What have you learned about your team in, in BYU spring football this season? I've learned... Just lately, I mean, from the start, having Coach Grimes come in with this this new intensity, this new, I mean, we're starting a new culture around here. So I just learned that we were able to learn quickly and able to execute and just change the culture that was negative after a losing season to bouncing back and just forgetting the past, moving on to the forward. I mean, obviously, personally, um, I've learned a lot coming, Coach Grimes coming from LSU, their, their tight ends were big-time blockers, and last year I was more flexed out. They kind of did what I could, so I didn't have to block as much because I wasn't doing the best. I just wasn't in the situation. I, wasn't, I didn't have the right technique. So I've been learning a lot, just different technique, um, just starting from the bottom, starting all over again with blocking. And, I mean, I still have a lot to go. I'm going to have a lot to work on throughout the summer, but definitely that blocking and just different, different routes. We hear the phrase changing the culture quite a bit in athletics. How has this coaching staff done that? I mean, well, I think it's easier to start with a new culture when almost there's a whole new coaching staff. Um, There's new guys that we have to meet, that we have to uh, make good impressions with, that we have to get to know their, their personalities, how they coach. So, I mean, the culture changes when the, when a new offensive coordinator and he brings in a new staff. But having the same players, we haven't had many transfers or anything like that. So I think the main thing is just forgetting the past and just trusting the process, trusting what they have, their their intelligence of the game and their new setup and what they're going to teach us. So I think it's just trusting them, and that's how, for the players, I think that's how we've uh, changed the culture. What uh, bigger change are you more ready for, marriage or the offense and the new season? Um. That's a tough question. I, <laughs> I mean, obviously, hopefully I'm ready for both. I think I'm, I, th- I try to be well-rounded, so I'm trying to be um, preparing myself both in both ways. So, I mean, marriage, that's coming up, and it's coming sooner, in about two and a half months. But, I mean, the football season, we have to be preparing also. So, I'm just going to say I'm going to be organized and I'm going to be well-rounded to prepare for both. Oh, that's a good answer, Matt. Good answer. So when you look at the possibilities of what this offense can do, 
and realizing you guys at this point have probably just scratched the surface. How excited do you get about what's possible? I mean, it's really exciting. Um, we didn't have the best practice today, or we haven't had our perfect practices. Not, maybe we never will. But there's always these bright spots in practice where the quarterbacks throw perfect balls to the wide receivers or the spacing on our routes or our blocking where the running backs can just run free and get a long run. So, I mean, <clears throat> just as the bright spots, I think it's been really exciting seeing what we can do. And if we, I don't know, we hone our skills and our techniques and we just work hard to execute every play, I mean, by by game one we should have some great plays and we should really execute on offense and score some points i know you haven't forgotten that you were the spring game mvp last year who's your early projection for the spring game mvp this year um i mean hopefully thinking about it some running backs that have been doing well hopefully one of the running backs squally or zakatoa he goes by peeny or beanie yeah um beanie Kato, he's he's really worked hard i mean he's getting interviewed right over there but I mean he's going <laughs> in and out I mean he's always getting extra work running super hard so I mean I'd, I'd be really happy to see him or Squally or Riley Burt just have a day and run all over the place do you have a nickname by the way since we're talking about Zach's nickname do you do you have something that the uh that maybe your teammates call you um or are you just Matt well a lot of people no one really calls me Matt I mean my whole life people call me Bush that's just like a typical thing one guy calls me Tanner Jacobson. Started calling me the Burning Bush. I don't know if that's sacri- <laughs> I don't know if that's sacrilegious, but that's what he called me. Um, but I'd say just Bush oh. is fine. <laughs> oh, Matt, you've said a lot that's of fantastic good. things to us. That's pretty that's good. That's probably number one right there. Probably number one. In an ideal world, and I'm and I'm trying not to focus on the Burning Bush comment. In an ideal world, where will this team be at the end of spring football? I mean, because you're always going to say we got things to work on and improve on, but where where would you like to be at the end of the spring? Um, well, we only have this week left. I mean, by the end, I think we just want by the end of this week or this Saturday, I think we just need to have confidence going into the going into the, the summer and preparing for fall camp. I mean, I think all of us are a lot more confident, but we need to believe in ourselves. And I think. By the end of this week, we should we have we are believing in ourselves and we are believing what we have going on is going to be a success. So I mean, we just need to have that mindset throughout the off season. Um, hopefully, we can show out these last this last week that we can get better each practice and th- during the scrimmage. But I think we just need to trust ourselves, trust the coaches, and I think by the end of this off season, we'll be a lot further ahead than we were last year. And hopefully, throughout the off season, we can be working on our own and us players so that we can prepare to be at a higher level come fall camp well isn't that really what a lot of spring is i mean sure you're implementing a lot of new stuff but isn't it really all about setting the foundation for the rest of the offseason and getting ready for fall yeah yeah that's the thing we have to set the foundation have some of the newcomers show what they can do and hopefully they can get in the mix and i mean we've had guys do that this spring so it's really exciting and yeah as long as we have that foundation set we just need to keep building on top of that, and we should have something great. Chad Lewis is your soon-to-be father-in-law, but he also has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to football. What's the best bit of football knowledge he has shared with you in your time at BYU? The best football knowledge? I'd say he just keeps it real with me and just always, no matter how frustrated I am with my blocking or dropping a random pass, he's just really positive with me. I think he sees the bigger picture when sometimes we don't see that. So I like that he acknowledges that and that he reminds me of the bigger picture. 
okay, you might not have blocked that well, but you're blocking great for a sophomore. Or since you're a catching tight end, you need to be more well-rounded, but you're doing great. You just keep progressing, and that positivity helps just hearing it because sometimes, um, I don't know, you just you just forget about it. So just hearing it from someone who is, has so much experience and has, has done what he's done, it's, uh, it's definitely nice to hear just to forget and just keep trying to build up and work on the positive things. I think the natural uh, progression after that question would be, what is the best non-football knowledge Chad Lewis <laughs> has dropped on you at this point? The non-football knowledge? I don't know. We talk about football a lot, honestly. <laughs> Emily gets kind of annoyed sometimes or thinks that I get annoyed. <laughs> but, no, I just soak it all in. So, I mean, other than football, uh, yeah, I don't know. You just Football is life that's, lessons, that's life. Jason. Football is life, Football yes. is life Football lessons. is life, so we can't talk about anything else. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Matt, always great to talk to you. I know that you mentioned to us last year that uh, the person you were most afraid of when it came to dropping a ball was your mom. Right. Is that still the case right now? Or has Jeff Grimes kind of entered up into that area? Coach Grimes is entering, but I think my mom still has the top. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Coach Grimes still, he's up there. He's made his, he's made his statement, so. Hopefully I don't drop any balls, and we'll just keep, we'll start, just keep going from there. All right, Matt. How about some BYU Sports Nation karma for the rest of spring camp? Some BYU Sports Nation karma? Yeah. We're giving it to you. Okay, perfect. We're giving you the you karma. Cool, you cool with that? Yeah, it's perfect. Okay. It's delivered. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Thank you. The All-American freshman tight end Matt Bushman, two-on-one, BYU Sports Nation all-access. He didn't know about the karma, obviously. Well, he knows now. Now he's going to know. Now he knows. He didn't have a 100-yard game, but he came close. At Fresno State, 9 for 97. And he had four catches in the last two games. I want more Matt Bushman involved. His hands are going to be player. on the ground more. Yes. He told us that. He's got to be a, learn how to he's gotta be a dual threat tight end. Yep. Coming up, Olympian Ed Eyestone tells us why he said ama- awesomeness abounding about his team. And what's the chance Jerem Jordan takes an ice bath? Shout out to Eli Bryant for putting him on blast. BYU Sports Nation friends, welcome back. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere, and we now present some of today's top BYUSN stories. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. We have entered the final week of spring practice for BYU football. The team practicing today in preparation for the showdown on Saturday, spring scrimmage at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. UA Baseball lost to Utah last night, 4-3 in Salt Lake. The Cougars host Santa Clara starting Thursday at 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. BYU softball put together a nice comeback last night in Logan to beat Utah State 5-4. Brielle Breland perfect on the day from the plate going 4-4. Four for four. She's the Shohei Otani of BYU softball. Nice run. And Brandon Davies scored a season high 25 on 10 of 11 in Lithuania. Davies had two rebounds and two assists as well. So he did pass it a couple of times. I need to make a correction from something I said earlier, Jerem. Mm. Don Henley is still with the, the great band, the Eagles. Oh, okay. okay. He pursued great. a solo career, Boys of Summer, and then got back together well, with the band. Well, you can have a solo career at the same time. Like Brandon Flowers has done this. You don't have to. Yeah, you can go do your own thing and still be with the band. Oh! Right? <laughs> I don't want it all. I just want to win. I just want to win. Sorry for trying to win in athletics. My bad. No, no. Hey, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm with you. Win games. Win games. Let's also win in what's the chance. BYU Sports Nation asks, what's the chance? Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. 
Ben Bagley at number one. What do we have? What's the chance Matt Bushman does not lead BYU in receiving this season? This is a good question. Um, I'll go. I'll go thirty-two percent. Oh, so you, so you think he, there's a high chance that he chance that will he lead BYU in receiving yards? But does Gunnar Romney, does uh, you know a certain transfer from <laughs> a certain school in the islands? Uh, we're still waiting for BYU to announce him before we can actually say his name on the show, I guess. Um, rules. Uh, is it Gunnar Romney? Is it Micah Simon? Like, who is it? I think there's a good shot. It's Matt. Now, because there are so many other options that you just presented, I think it's is it a low percentage that he leads the team in receiving yards just because so what percent? there are more people. I say 20% chance that Matt yeah. Bushman leads BYU in receiving yards. Yeah. There are just more options. Mine's not high. Mine's 12% off yards. There are more options. Well, it's What's the chance Matt Bushman does not lead? Yeah. So does not lead. Oh, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. I'm saying... I, don't, I need to rephrase that. Here's 80%, the answer. 80% okay, chance. There you go. I don't know is the answer. 80% chance he does <laughs> not lead BYU in receiving this season. They flipped it. I, okay. I hope it's somebody else because if you have Bushman and more pieces, yeah. Bushman had three touchdown catches, 520 yards last year. He was a shining star in a dark season like I mentioned. Those stats are good, but they're not like really good stats. They're just better. Be, they're good because BYU was bad on offense. I think he can have a similar season, but with other dudes. And then maybe more red zone targets for him would be good. Three touchdowns. BYU only threw 12. 520 yards receiving for a tight end is pretty good, regardless of the team you play on. Yes. And because he was a freshman, that's mainly why we're like, whoa, 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 that was great. Yeah. Because he's not going to get worse than that. That's the hope. Number two. What's the chance BYU Hoops hires their new assistant in the next week? 5%. Uh, Heath Troy was hired on May 11th last year, just for context. I don't think it's happening in the next week. I think it's happening in several weeks, maybe even not this month. Dave Rose may have targeted the guy he wanted, but he went to this coach's convention at the Final Four last week, may have uh, met the guy, who knows, or interact with someone who knows a guy. And then we all know the process yeah, of paperwork it just, takes longer. just takes a little bit longer. Yes. There's a religious element to this and ecclesiastical and whatnot. So I say like 5%. Yeah, 0%. I don't think 0%. there's any shot that to, BYU has officially announced a new <laughs> assistant coach by next week because yeah. of everything you just laid out. I wanted BYU to hire Marty Wilson. He just got hired at Cal. Good for him. The Pepperdine. Great pickup. Old head coach. Great pickup for Cal basketball. I did see my Mark Matson at uh, the Lakers game last night, so... Maybe no, I don't think it's. <laughs> Although I would like it to be Mark Madsen, I uh, think many that'd be dope. Would. He'd fit right in with that dancing. Number three, what's the chance BYU baseball finishes outside the top four in the WCC? <sighs> this is a hard one. I'll go like thirty-three percent, like a one in three chance. BYU's uh, three and six in the league, eighteen games left, nine at home, nine on the road. They've got to do some work. I I think BYU will finish in the top four. I think there's sixty-five percent chance. Typically, the magic number to get into the top four of the West Coast Conference is 16 wins. BYU has three. So 13 in the next 18 or whatever you said. Monday. BYU needs yeah. to go 13 and five over the next If 16 is the number. Correct. And typically it is. Uh, percentage to go 13 and five, and they're capable. Man, whew, 50, I'm 50-50 on it now. I mean, you, you open the West Coast Conference season three and six. That's it's tough. They've got a mm-hmm. they've got a road to climb. Got to work. Yep. They really gotta have got to win work, a lot work, of work, games work. over the next eighteen. So I'm fifty fifty 
Uh, BYU finishes outside the top four of the West Coast Conference. Number four. Last one. What's the chance Jerem Jordan accepts Elijah Bryant's ice bath challenge? Well, I know my answer. What's your answer? Uh, I'm going to say uh, 1%. Okay, that's too high. It's 0%. <laughs> I'm not in good enough sh- shape to submit myself to that right now. Plus, uh, this isn't a Hard Rock Cafe pool in December 2015 um, when it was like 40 degrees outside and I jumped in the pool. Then you can do that. You know what? So you're not the first. Um, and by the way, Elijah Bryant and uh, Kyle Collinsworth going at it on Twitter. This is fun. So Elijah Bryant tweets, who, who's doing it next? Tweets at Kyle Collinsworth, Jimmer Fredette, Brandon Davies, me, Greg Rubel. Kyle Collinsworth, stop. I started that. You, you, the, you the one who did it next, LOL. Elijah Bryant, my bad. Didn't know you created it and trademarked it, Mr. Triple Double. <laughs> Kyle, LOL. I didn't create it. I just literally did it a week ago and posted a video. So those two need to figure it out. But guess what? I did it first in 2015 at the Hard Rock Cafe hotel pool. So take that. See, Run think, and tell I that, think you can handle It's warm temperatures outside of that bath. I think this would be easier than what you did in Las Vegas. We were sitting. I, we literally had coats and jackets on prior to me jumping in. It's not like, yeah, you're in, like, pristine 78-degree weather indoors. You know, come on. Hey, coming up, what does the final week of spring football practice look like for BYU? And we have an Olympian in Studio B. Oh, yeah. And he produced the headshot of the year. The backstory behind it. Ed Eyestone joins us next. Bounding and off. What's the Chance is brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday night, the Cougars softball team hosts Santa Clara. Doubleheader, they don't? They do. They do. Okay, why were you, you were saying no to me? I'll be on the call. Oh, yeah, on BYU TV starting at 7 Eastern, Friday night. Live from Studio B, your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Our daily BYU Sports Nation rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Our question of the day, if BYU does not get into a Power 5 conference, would you, BYU Sports Nation, rather remain independent or return to a group of five conference? Tell us why. At Elijah underscore Bryant 3 tweets in, Power 5. Well, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what that's, we all want. Yes, I want I want independence with winning as the number one priority. So maybe schedule back a little bit, and then maybe you're getting eight, nine, ten, sneaking in eleven at some point. We haven't had that one independent season that has validated all of this. Otherwise, I might feel differently. If 2014 Taste Mill doesn't get hurt, if 2012 the offense makes a player two here, maybe I feel differently today. I don't know. Our next guest in Studio B took his A game to the Power 5 schools and beat them. He is an NCAA champion and Olympian that's and the Olympics. current yeah, That's right. That's, that's right. right. The current track and field and cross country head coach of BOE at Eyestone. Ed, great to have you back in oh, studio. Man. Guys, great to be here. Sorry I did not rock the the Royal. I'll I, I went I went old time. school Navy. Uh, but but happy to be here with you guys. We still look good, Mr. Rogers. Thank you. Kind yeah. of deal. Well, you know, I, I'm going for a kinder, kinder, gentler Ed, and I think anything that <laughs> will throw back to Mr. Rogers is a good thing because he is my hero. Ultimately. Now, does does this Mr. Rogers approach have anything to do with the fact that um, we put out the headshot of the year that you gave to us? I don't know, three decades ago, <laughs> we brought up at the Wild Wars. And we're going to show this photo on Bureau. Oh, right, we'll now you're it showing out. it here. This okay, is who okay. is that man? And no. 
That is not a, a, a shot from the police blotter. <laughs> I was going to uh, say, how to make how to make a murderer no, season two? No, 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 no. <laughs> I had just finished a long run. I ran from my house to my mom's house. She had a camera. She said, oh, son, your hair is looking so long and flowing. Uh, let me take a picture of you there. And uh, I don't know how it made its way into you guys' hands, but thank you for embarrassing me at the Y Awards. Embarrassing? I appreciate, I appreciate that. Embarrassing? You've that never had more street cred after that. 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 That is amazing. Yeah. Well, that's good, especially with this receding hairline that I have now. The the moral of the story is uh, grow it when you can. Yeah. Uh, and because it will soon be fleeting away. And your wonderful wife came up to us after the Y words and said, I loved that hair. I miss it. Well, it was fun. Well, while it lasted. <laughs> lasted. But obviously, I'm working here now, so even if I could, I wouldn't. <laughs> I didn't, what do you think of this juxtaposition? Kind of the same. Let me, can I take the glasses off? Yeah. <laughs> what camera am I looking at right when, there? Right. When was that right picture here. taken? When was that taken? Uh, that was actually early 90s sometime, I, I think. Yeah, probably <laughs> 94, 95. That's amazing. Good. Wow. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Bring thank you, at Eyestone, for you bringing again. us this. Yeah, not, not a problem. Well, it's great to see you, Ed. Thanks for coming <laughs> in. Yeah. We'll see you guys. <laughs> okay, I, uh, at the Stanford Invitational over the weekend, you guys crushed it, prompting you to say the following in the press release. Let's hear it. Awesomeness abounded. At this, like awesomeness abounding in Palo Alto. Yes. Yeah, I believe what that. I, that. I probably that was said awesome. that. Well, what was awesome is I think we had a dozen of the men uh, qualify, hit provisional regional qualifying marks for the NCAA championship. Wow! So when you have twelve people yes. hit twelve national qualifying marks, that was on the men's side alone, and on the women's side, I think uh, Coach Taylor had about seven or eight people hit that regional mark. So. That was why awesomeness was abounding here in Palo Alto, I think was a direct quote. It felt like uh, Bill and Ted, something strange is afoot. It's a circle. Awesomeness abounded in Palo Alto. (laughs) Dude, dude, I didn't say dude, okay? So, (laughs) so. really good. Well, thank you. Yeah, and I was just inspired by the the awesomeness of the athletes that were performing there. You know, they have the few opportunities to go down to sea level and get it done. And so this is a real emphasis for us, particularly our distance people, uh, the Stanford Invitational. And so I think by and large, we saw saw great performances. We saw people rise up at that opportunity. If you only get a couple of times to run down at sea level a year, you you darn better rise up and get it done. And they did that. And so I was happy with that. I think that, uh, you know, uh, it just sets us up really well going into the national meet that'll be, uh, you know, coming up in uh, a month and a half. Yeah, the elevation conversation is always interesting, and it, it resonates probably more with runners than with any other sport because it's all about the seconds and the tenths of seconds. How much of a difference does it make for a runner? Let's say you're running a mile in the mountain air in Utah and then you're running in Palo Alto at sea level. How much of a difference is that? Well, make? the conversion that the NCAA gives us is about is almost five seconds a mile, and then it goes. The longer you run, the more time they give you. So, uh, for a 5K, which is over three miles, they would give you more than 15 seconds. It'd be more like 18 to 20 seconds. Mm. So, uh, so there is a difference. You you can certainly do it at altitude, and then the NCAA gives you a conversion. But it's nice to have that actual time and not have to do the mathematics and the conversions and all that because some people kind of look at the conversions and go, ah, that's not real. And so it's it's nice when you're down at sea level just to to run fast time. Yeah. This weekend you're uh, going to the Pepsi Team Challenge. Now is this a taste test or a track meet? Uh, this is a caffeinated uh, Pepsi. There we go. You know, last time this I was the on Coke here, School. Yeah, I this is the last time I was here. It was Coke uh, had made the announcement. But yes, no. yes. Uh, <laughs> this is actually a really fun event because and and we purposely. 
avoided the awesome weather, again, there's the word, uh, that's going on in Arizona this week because that's where we usually go this week. University of Oregon invited us to a four-way meet there with uh, University of Oregon, Washington, Washington State, and BYU. Wow. And they're actually going to score this meet. It's going to be on the uh, Pac-12 network. Plus, so I think that's uh, basically Facebook Live, but it's on, uh, on, online. On, yeah, online. Well. Yeah, yep. yeah. And so we're excited about that. They're going to score the meet, and we're taking some of our uh, the, the longest distance event that they're doing is a three k open. So they're not going to have the five k's and ten k. So we'll just basically be our our sprinters, our throwers, our jumpers, our middle distance uh, people. And we're, we're going to score this thing and see how we do. And we've got a very good team, and I think we're going to do very well. And this is at Hayward Field, home Hayward of Field. the uh, you know, NCAA championships. That's NCAA championships. Too. So that's the other opportun- reason we, why we wanted to go is give our athletes an opportunity to perform at Hayward Field to kind of get used to those facilities because the NCAA championships are held there. Ed Stone, Olympian and the current head coach of BYU Track and Field and Cross Country with us in Studio B. On BYU Sports Nation, what is the strength of your team right now? You had to pinpoint one thing. Well, I think we have a pretty well-rounded team right now. Quite frankly, uh, we uh, we have uh, close to 40 people that have hit regional qualifying marks, which were on uh, pace to, to better last year's record, which I think were about 50. Uh, we have 21 men, 18 women qualified. Um, the steeplechase right now for us is a very good event. We have the number two, number four, number seven, and number 11 marks in the country. Wow. In that event on the men's side. Uh, and, uh, and and but but we're also seeing great things come out of our middle our, our distance crew, both men and women and our throwers, uh, our, our jumper sprinters. I think it's pretty well rounded. Brenna Porter uh, ran 57 33 for 400 meter uh, hurdles uh, this last weekend at the Texas Relays. Number two time all time BYU. And I think she's about number five in the country. So and Brenna was the one that had the dramatic yes. fall. Laceration in the yeah. leg. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people remember her from social media last year at the uh, at the NCAA regional meet where she fell, cut her leg, got up, ran, blood spewing on the track. Uh, they had to close it down with a hazmat team and kind of no, they didn't really do that, but they probably <laughs> should have. Uh, but she uh, great courage on her part and has come back has repaired well working with Coach Grossart and then uh, posted number five time in the country at the Texas Relay. So I think that's great. So I think we're, we're seeing good things happening all, all across the, the event groups. Fantastic. Uh, reminder, Robison Invitational, April 26th through 28th uh, in Provo. Great chance to get out and watch uh, some of these stars that you're telling us about. Yeah, that'll be fun, and hopefully the weather will cooperate, and, and we always look forward to that one. It's nice for our athletes to be able to sleep in their own beds and then just wake up and go to the track and, and have some, some uh, fans come out and, and watch them perform. All right, Coach, thanks for the time. Hey, always, always great, great to have you in here. Always great to be here, gentlemen. Awesomeness abounded in Studio B. Let's keep the awesomeness abounding in our lives <laughs> with our Mr. Rogers shirts. And, uh, and just have a great day. Thanks, guys. You got hey, it, thanks, man. Ed. Yeah. Hey, coming up, Brandon Davies went for a season high in Lithuania. Did he dunk on one of the Ball Brothers? And BYU baseball did lose to Utah last night, but there is a revenge tour on the line tonight, also against Utah. We'll tell you which sport. This is BYU Sports Nation. I'm intrigued because I actually don't know the answer to that. I'm excited to hear. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Shout out to today's guest, Matt, the burning bush, Bushman. Are we using that? (laughs) Apparently. And Ed Eyestone.
Always nice to have an Olympian in Studio B. Yeah, dude. If you missed any part of the show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up tomorrow, former Cougar and new Salt Lake B, Taylor Cole, and second baseman Brendan Anderson will join us. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Practice today in preparation for Saturday's spring scrimmage at Lavelle Edwards Stadium to wrap up spring ball. Baseball. Lost to Utah 4-3 in Salt Lake City. The two teams, however, will meet for a third time in Pro Bowl on April 24th. West Coast Conference baseball matters more. Softball. Eh. BYU softball defeated Utah State 5-4 in Logan yesterday. Real Breland, 4-4 four for four from the plate. Cougars overseas. Brandon Davies, 10-11 for 11 from the field, scoring a season-high 25 points. He also had two rebounds and two assists. This coming off a previous season-high of 17 points. Tennis. The women's team plays at Utah. There you go. Tonight. Revenge Tour. 5 Eastern. Golf. The women's team finished fifth at the Bruzzy Challenge. Rose Huang, the top BYU golfer in the tournament, finishing in eighth place overall. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. How about Brenna Porter? Ed Eystone just told the second fastest time in the 400-meter hurdles. A year after, she had a severe laceration in her leg. Uh, hitting a hurdle in the NCAA regional, still finished the race. Ended her dream of getting to nationals. Right. But she got uh, out there on social media and got a little pub, and it was a, a tremendous, courageous act. We had her in studio. It was incredible. So good to hear that Brenna is doing well, and that laceration didn't have any lasting effects. If BYU does not get into a Power 5 conference, would you rather remain independent or return to a Group of 5 conference? Tell us why. That is our question of the day. At Parks underscore Darton. Group of five conference for sure. The last season speaks for itself. No, BYU needs a conference. It's one year. It's one year. Elite tweet years, of the day. From at Tyson Hyam. I don't care as long as BYU wins. My man. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN. The show is on demand at BYUSN.com. Find our audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Shauna Robach, BYU Sports Nation, back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern. Just win, baby. Yes, just win, Al Davis.